Guys, welcome back to the Physique Factory podcast. And today we're going to talk about the diet after the diet. Yeah, the, the diet after the diet. Something that um, we, we've just been talking about a little bit. Um, recently, we've introduced like our client roadmap things, which is quite a popular thing. I think um, I think it was like Callum uh, Race Freak that actually kind of started a lot of that, didn't he? Like the kind of phases and things like that. I'm sure he brought a lot of that kind of into the industry. Um, but yeah, like kind of phasing out a client's journey, so to speak. Like, I hate fucking using that word, but it's quite an appropriate word to kind of use for it, I suppose. Um, and, like, the the big, the, well, the big thing that we realised was happening a lot of the time was, you know, clients were getting in the mindset of, like, right, let's, let's just take an example. I want to get shredded for going to IB or I want to get shredded for getting on stage or something like that. And that is, like, the kind of goal. They build this goal up in their head, which is good. Like, it's great to have something to work towards like that. And ev- everything is going towards this moment. But it's like the after of the diet, like the 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 point after that where a lot of people really go wrong and end up potentially back where they started or even even in a worse point than where they started after that. And um, a lot of people don't think about that stage. Yeah, I think what I see most with clients when, when we've got like a result with someone, chances are they drop off, don't they? Or they, they, yeah. just, they quit coaching or they quit PT. They think, right, I get to where I want to get to. And then about two, three months down the line, you see them again, don't they? And they join yeah. back up again. And they're literally in worse state than what they've actually come to you in the first place for when before they actually achieve that transformation. Yeah. And sometimes no matter how much you try and get that across, like you try and explain to them, like, look, not not even so much that like definitely sticking with your coach is going to help, but not even so much that, or even you try to explain to them, right, this is what to do. Sometimes people just don't heed that and they kind of see it as like the rain's being off and it's like the the diet, so to speak, is over. See it as a temporary thing rather than making changes that they can carry over into the next kind of phase. Yeah, that's it. I mean, in progress, just totally goes out the window. I mean, they think, right, fuck it, I'm just going to eat literally everything. Um, They've got all these foods in mind. They've stocked up in the cupboards. We saw it. We did did the one with Josh, didn't we, about post-show dieting. Yeah, yeah, we're kind of talking about that. Yeah, it's the same sort of thing or concept. Just because after the diet, again, like you said that before, the reins are off and they've got this freedom to like eat all these foods, do this, do that, and then next minute they absolutely explode. And they just think after that diet or after achieving that goal, oh, I don't really need a coach anymore. Um, and they go straight back into doing what they was. And obviously you're going to end up being like what you was before, before you even achieved that result or even worse. And you're going to be like mindset-wise, psychologically-wise, psychologically-wise, you're not going to be in the best spot, are you? No, it's, it's a lack of goal, isn't it? It's like the goal's now gone, there's, there's nothing. So what we've been doing with our like client roadmaps is when, when we get a new client onboarded, like, right, this is a goal, this is the breakdown of how we're going to get there, but also after the goal, this is what we're going to do. Like, you know, this is like whether they want to push on to just maintaining what they've got to or whether they want to try and push into like a building phase. It's like making sure that next goal is in sight so that you don't like uh, so that you've got something to work towards all the time you don't just have that kind of reins are off sort of thing and it's it's more so a constant progression rather than just this short-sighted kind of diet so to speak like the word diet to me sounds temporary when you when you put that term on it it sounds temporary doesn't it Definitely. I mean, like what we do, we plan things out for 55, 55 weeks, close to a year, something like that. Two weeks. Why did it say 55? Because <laughs> on, my, on my planner, I've got it goes up to 55 for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, plan it out for how many blocks I've got in my planner for. Yeah. And then um, just plan it around that, thinking, right, how long do we need to cut for? 
depending on like where they come, like what p- position they're at when they come to us. Um, Hard to accurately pinpoint that though. Eh? Like if if you're starting a fat loss phase with someone straight away, it's hard to accurately say, you know, right, you need to lose twenty kilos or whatever. It's hard to say that because you yeah, never know how much someone's all, actually got to lose. Exactly, or how much you've stuck to the plan or anything like that. So obviously, give or take, you set out the the roadmap, but obviously it can change. Yeah, definitely. definitely. But it's like. It's like what you're eating, I suppose. It's like having some sort of plan on how you're gonna like hit your calories, or like having some sort of meal plan to follow, gives you a structure to follow. Lets you know what you're going to do. But sometimes things change, and you might even fancy a change, and you can you can have the ability to switch things out. But having that structure gives you something to base off. Whereas when there's no structure, when you just kind of wing it, it's not the best for making progress. I would say. Mm. especially with nutrition um, the, the big thing like you say like you never know how much a client's going to stick to it I think uh, if you're a client of mine and you're listening to this we know when you're not sticking to it we know when you're not fully 100% yeah, that weight's going up and down if your body comp's not changing weekly then we know we know it becomes obvious doesn't it like you've got clients who you know are sticking to things to a T and you look at their progress and you look at someone who's like maybe 80% in which for some people I mean if you're taking over slowly making progress and only giving it 80 percent, and you're happy with that then then that's absolutely fine but you know i'm, I'm of the i'm of the thought process that i'd rather like give 100 percent for a shorter period if that makes sense and then like you know when you get into a maintenance phase or like a, a gaining phase you can kind of take it's not that you can take your foot off the pedal but it's like not as restrictive there's a bit more of a leeway isn't there you can go yeah. out a couple of cheat meals you're potentially not that consistent with training, even though training that's probably one of the main points in the off season where you're going to grow and get the most. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't say, yeah, that's something I would say that is definitely important. Like, you're, I, I don't think a bad day of nutrition a week and, and a gaining phase is going to do any harm, but training wise, like, it's that consistency of turning up, which is getting onto a whole nother topic. But, but consistency is huge. Um, like yesterday, just yesterday, I, I meant actually put it on my Instagram story and I'm terrible for not talking on those stories I keep trying to actually show up on them but uh, yeah I, I was thinking about it yesterday never done it but I was thinking about it but like yesterday afternoon I, I, was, I scheduled in to train um, into my diary and I was like right I need to go train now but I, I just felt fucking knackered like I felt shit couldn't be arsed and like I don't think a lot of the time clients realise that we feel like that sometimes too we don't really you know to, just wasn't feeling up for it yesterday at all and you know like usual though it's a non-negotiable for me. It's not as if, like, if I feel shit for a day, I'm, I'm going to skip the gym. That's not going to happen. I'm going to turn up and get it done. So, you know, I did do that. I did turn up, did get it done. And then, again, the way you feel after it, it, it sounds like so stupid, but you never you never do regret a workout, do you? So, like, such mm-hmm. a stupid saying, but never once have I walked out of that gym and thought, fuck, I shouldn't have went in the day. I think there's a line, and maybe, like, if you're ill and stuff like that, I think that's when I'd say, like, maybe not train or pull it Depending back. On- how ill we're talking because some yeah, people definitely some people are like ill all the time 24 7 yeah they, they, if it's one of those who's ill all the time then just get in and get it done um but that's probably a bigger issue if you're actually ill all the time yeah, oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah. there's other um, things to start out before training <laughs> but yeah i mean just, um getting get it done and then but if you are like ill ill when like i was when i lost three stone i don't <laughs> yeah, think the gym was not a good idea for me then you're not hardcore enough james you're not pushing it hard enough <laughs> no, i think it would have actually killed me you know <laughs> probably um, yeah a little bit off topic there but like it is, it is a huge thing consistency of turning up and like the the best like 
uh, when it comes to like bodybuilding, for example, the best bodybuilders are the guys that are the most consistent. It's not, it's never a, a guy that's got a special formula or whatever. Like you might have the perfect, you know, training routine for him and the perfect uh, nutrition for him, but you'll see that they're incredibly consistent, incredibly consistent, just day, day, day after day, and don't miss a day. Um, which. Yeah, as I say, that's for me, like consistency is something that I I really highly regard and it's something I really look for within my own training and and nutrition, I suppose, as well. Definitely. I think you're saying then about like after the diet, going away from coaching or get going away from the PT sessions, it's that accountability as well, isn't it? So if you've got no one to be accountable to, especially when you think the reins are off and you've got no one there to like, again, stick to the plan with, or uh, make sure that someone's helping you stick to that plan. Yeah, then it's gonna go out the window. Because because that that period after like a a fat loss kind of diet is that's that's a bit of a shit show. It can potentially be a bit of a shit show, can't it? Like you and I both experienced that thing where we do a like twenty week prep for a bodybuilding show and then do exactly what we're talking about. We've both done it. We've both been there. I've I've been there like after my first show with a pile of food that I did stockpile. Um, I was like going around Tesco's in the weeks leading up to it, buying all this food, buying all this chocolate, all this shit. And um, that night I made a good attempt at eating it. And I remember just lying there with my stomach, like in absolute agony, but like not even just that night, the next kind of four, five, six weeks were just nonstop, just eating and eating and eating. And my thought process was like, now I'm gaining, I'll just eat as much as I want. And all that happened was I just got fat. And yeah. Oh, you, you almost get like a little depressed that it's like I was shredded a month ago and now I look like shit. It is crazy. It's it's not fat. It literally what is it's not more you've literally not gained much muscle at all because you're that depleted, you're that fucked, your body's just gonna cling on to everything. So water, fat, they just be that. And then when you do start growing, it's probably the most progress you're gonna make is in those four to six weeks after the show, after you've like recovered from that post show period and gone from there or even like even if you just diet in that post diet period which is like four to six weeks and then that's why you always have going to like some sort of maintenance i don't want to see like initial massive jumps on the scale obviously we do want to see some increases in body fat yeah. weight slightly but nothing like ridiculous and then you can start like building on that as long as we've not had like some ridiculous binges. i think it depends how lean you get as well like if we're talking stage lean then if if it was the end of your season your stage lean i would say get back to kind of feeling normal as soon as possible, you know, get a decent amount of calories in, and I'd probably be more prone to taking a, a bigger jump there in terms of overall calories. Yeah, but yeah. the the thing is, um, like even like, sorry, just to continue on that, like if it was like a beef lean compared to lean lean, like stage lean, then like you say, probably a maintenance phase and then start pushing up from there and see where like, or what we would suspect to be maintenance anyway, and see where like maintenance is and see where, you know, a, a surplus begins and how they're feeling and how the training and that's going um but yeah i can't remember what was that true way to say there's a way to go off on some other other topic there i think it's just getting, <laughs> getting that weight to like a, a reasonable spot and holding that weight isn't it and then you can start like growing progressing on it yeah but um what i was going to say if it just came back to me now is the post kind of diet post show kind of area it should be built up upon the kind of structure that you already had in place it shouldn't be a case of things need to massively change now it should be a case of i can build on the structure that i already had and start pushing up with that so for me it's like if i'm eating five meals a day and those five meals are kind of the same every single day it's just increasing the quantities of the food and that makes it such an easy transition and it doesn't make it difficult definitely 
Post show, calorie wise, it obviously depends on the person how much calories they're eating, um, how much you'd increase them by. I mean, like how hard you've had to push. Yeah, I mean, some people I've like increased them up to a thousand straight after a diet. Um, you know, each day. Well, some some other people, it's only like two fifty, three hundred. So it it totally depends, but it does need an increase because if you got that consistent increase in calories each day, it's going to prevent the likelihood of binging, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then I would say, like, if you are someone that's like, because every every time I've done a show prep, I've got better at hand on that. But it has taken me what five show attempts, six show preps, really, to actually handle that well. It, it, it's a bit of learning so going back to what you were saying about people like ditching their coach after they finish their fat loss you know it is a period that i would recommend getting coached through until you can definitely manage it yourself because it, it, it is difficult and like we've been there and done that but we've we've definitely done the failure bit the trial and error we've done we've done the error bit quite a lot <laughs> so I so now we've coach, i think as a, as a coach i'm glad that i've experienced that you know straight yeah. after the dieting and to know what it's like and to feel what it's like and to think fucking hell i look like shit i feel like shit i can't bend my knee because of that much carbs literally my, my legs have swelled up so i think it's good that we've experienced that just because we know what our clients are actually going through and we're going to do our best to help prevent it and make sure that we're on track after that period or during that period yeah can be easy being a coach who hasn't experienced it actually you know and been to that stage of being where the client's been. It's quite a difficult thing to teach someone. It's like being a driving instructor that doesn't drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. James has started some driving lessons. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what, what, what was going to say then? I literally just lost it. Um, this is the problem when you're wing podcasts. It's like... Yeah, there's no structural plan to this. It's, yeah. I think with, with, when you go with a PT or a coach they need to have experience in what they're doing or what they're doing with their client. Just because if you've got a client in, it was just going off one of the RTS videos. I think if you've got a client on the leg extension, you want to like stimulate like maximum hypertrophy and you're at that top end, like progression and you can really, really fucking push him like really hard. I mean, pushing him past failure and you've never trained to that intensity before, got that sensation in your quads where they're going to be exploding. You can't literally, after at the end of it, you can't even lift your leg up after doing a set. If you've not experienced that and you're trying to like put that on someone, then it's you can't really. I don't think it's ethical to do that. So, no, no, and it would be difficult to do. I mean, I suppose you could learn how to do it by just pushing people harder and harder each time. But yeah, it definitely experience like, that. What yeah, putting put yourself in the, their shoes is definitely definitely going to be a, a good thing. And when it comes to fat loss, I would say, you know, having done, obviously I'm biased, but having done bodybuilding preps, it's like, well, that is gaining, bodybuilding's gaining muscle and losing body fat. And like you learn how to do that shit by spending years doing it. And like, I don't know how long you've been bodybuilding for, but I've been doing it for like eight, nine years now, maybe. Oh, yeah, it's the same. Yeah. I did my first show in 2015, but I was training before then. So, shit. Probably actually about 10. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I've been training around about, yeah, 10 years. I've been training about 10 years. 10 years of showing progress. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still tiny. Yeah, just in case if you're listening on Spotify, kind of just flex his bicep. Um, <laughs> get my quads out in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah the same. my first show was like 2017, so a couple of years later than that. But, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things, like, I think, um, like, to go off topic a little bit here, like, 
bodybuilding is probably the best thing I've ever done in terms of teaching me the discipline and hard work that like things don't just like not to have that short-term view that we're on about. So we're, we're on about people taking that short-term view in terms of their fat loss and they're not looking about looking at what's going to happen after that. Well, bodybuilding is quite good at giving you that long-term view and letting you kind of learn that yes, you need to be disciplined and you know, it takes time to achieve incredible results, doesn't it? That's it. I mean, at the end of the day, when you've got a certain client coming you to come and see for like a physique related goal, whether it's like weight loss, fat loss, anything like that, it's all bodybuilding. You you got yeah. you have to like use those methods because it is bodybuilding at the end of the day. It's all structure and everything like that. You might be using different sort of training things with them depending like who they are, what the goal is. But yeah, so at the end of the day, it's you trying to improve their physique and you do that through bodybuilding and that's what it is. Definitely. So like now um Karen that comes in in her sixties and you're like, right, let's see a front double bicep. <laughs> you're a bodybuilder, Karen. Thank you. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> it's the same it's all, it's all, Yeah, it's all the same principles though, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah definitely. In the routine. But um, there's the there's the, the perfect combination in my opinion for for a coach is the experience of having done it. And also, like having the, the knowledge as well. So again, yeah. like I suppose, who, who's like probably the best coach in in Britain at the minute? Like the biggest coach, probably Callum Racewick again. Yeah. So someone, yeah. someone that's been there, done it, and he's got the knowledge as well. He's maybe like I don't want to make this sound bad by any means, but he's maybe not the most knowledgeable coach there is. But he's got that balance of knowledge. Yeah, and he's, I think he's the most knowledgeable, knowledgeable coach at applying stuff. Because yeah. I think he just he learns as much as he needs to learn, and then he moves on. Because if he's learning more than what he can apply, or he's learning things that just are applicable to his clients, then just move on. I've seen me doing that with some of the biomechanics stuff. It's like you're doing stuff, and you're like. Where the fuck am I going to use this? Yeah, no, I'm literally heading in right at the deep end. To be fair, I really enjoy doing that stuff, and I was thinking. Yeah. I'm never going to use this. And I was like, I'm literally never going to use this in the gym with anyone or even myself. But it's, but it's good if you're interested in that, to be fair. Like, obviously, I wouldn't say spend too much time on it. Like, I'd rather focus on the applicable stuff too. But yeah, it's definitely good to have, like, when, when it comes to biomechanics, I think a basic knowledge in it would be really, really useful for every, well, it would be. It's not that I think it, it would be for every single, like, PT or coach or anything like that. If you yeah. can learn how to apply forces to people's bodies properly and um, without causing them injury, then you're probably going to be a better PT. Probably. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, I think that's the, is a PT. I think that's a goal too straight away. If you're coming out of your level three PT, which probably shit and you've had to learn anything from, uh, that's what I did anyway. Uh, you want to go into biomechanics, anything exercise mechanics, Integra, RTS, that's like the main thing. Because again, you're working once one with your clients, you're not going to be certified in giving someone a nutrition plan. Well, most PTs aren't, but they do anyway. Um, it is what well, it is in the industry, but I mean, like, we give people nutrition plans. It depends on the client, doesn't it? Yeah. And we're not, we're not, we're not registered dietitians, but we have that in our actual um, form, don't we? Where we sign off on. Saying, yeah, yeah. It's, it's advice. It's, it is advice. We suggest this diet plan or this diet approach or this nutritional approach and so on the other. Um, but yeah, since we're not like registered um, dietitians or anything like that, we could, the best thing we can do is go into things like exercise mechanics and biomechanics and just learn a shitload of stuff on that because we are literally applying forces to people's anatomy and forces is, is invasive isn't it so it can cause a lot of problems to joints so as Connor just said then we just don't want to fuck our clients up 
yeah, it's, it's probably better for retention's sake that you don't fuck your clients up. Yeah, <laughs> I would. Um, you you said obviously about Integra and RTS and things like that, but I think if I was completely new to this, and I'm trying to remember how I actually even found mechanics, but I would say like um the PT project, what like Paul and James do there. I think that like they've got the kind of intro to biomechanics. I think that would be the place to start, to be honest, where it's broken down and really easy. Because I remember our first call with Michael, and I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I I remember doing it. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> what, what just happened? Yeah, just go away and explore it. And I'm like, what do we do now? <laughs> it's really confusing. But now we know what we need to do when we always have those calls. Because it's just, yeah, it, I think he's some sort, I don't know. It depends, doesn't it? Where, what level you're going in at. Yeah, yeah. I had a very, very basic understanding at that point. And I still, I would still say my understanding is very, very basic on it as well, to be honest. But it's probably almost as much as I need to know. I'm I'm excited to go do RTS next year and kind of take it up another notch, really. But, uh, yeah, beyond that, might look elsewhere. I'd, I'd quite like to actually dive into some nutrition stuff. But, again, it's like, where does it go beyond being applicable? Because, like, I suppose getting someone lean, it's, yeah. not, it's not really that difficult in terms of nutrition. I mean... Or the psychological stuff as well, yeah. like dealing with clients who's got issues, why they're not sticking to the plan, what you can do with it, things like that. That interests me, definitely. Yeah, definitely. But at the end of the day, like you can only create the environment for change. You can't force someone to change. I've probably like stole that from somewhere. I've definitely seen yeah, that. I've heard somewhere. that. I think Arbor, all these stuff or something that Paul said is definitely from one of those. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you, that's all you can do is you can create an environment for them to change and then they have to choose to do it. Here, here's the thing. With, um, with your clients, do you find... I know I certainly find my online clients are more adherent than my one-on-one clients. Would you find the same? Yeah, definitely. I mean, because they're more, you know, they're more slightly more advanced, and they know what they want. They just need a bit more of guidance. So the most results I've got are from online coaching in terms of big transformations. With people who come to me in the gym, um, I tend I've not lost any clients who come to me in the gym, uh, but I've not made any like huge, huge results. I've made some good like progress and some good results. But it's more than they enjoy coming to the gym training. They don't want to change much in terms of nutrition. That session's just for them to literally do something. They want to get out of the house, feel better, feel healthier, all that sort of stuff. That's why that's why I've retained them as clients. So I'm giving them what they want during that session and what they want to get out of it. Yeah, yeah. And like like I said earlier, if you're quite happy, you know, maybe giving it up 80% and, you know, maybe going slowly but you're still heading in the right direction and more importantly not heading backwards and that's absolutely fine if that's what you want but um yeah I, as i say like i'm i'm more I, I definitely strive to push them as much as they're willing to go like for sure like well kind of try and keep on top of them as much as possible but sometimes as i say as much as you create that environment for change if you can't you can't force someone to change unfortunately Mm. Or we'd be putting out transformations every week. Exactly, that'd be amazing. If everyone <laughs> another transformation, market, another one. <laughs> that'd be brilliant. Every client shredded. <laughs> They're all bodybuilders now as well because we, we've said that that's what they do. They're bodybuilding. But um, yeah, and like we've again, we've really went off topic here in some way, shape, or form. But it all comes back to that having that long term view, knowing what you're wanting, and planning beyond that so if you're listening to this and you're starting like a, a diet or a prep or something for the first time don't just think to that end point 
I would say think beyond that and what are you going to do next and what is the next goal and how do you transition from this one over to the next one and how do you continue your progress and it's like always striving for more isn't it it's always pushing to be slightly better and that's again what this thing what this bodybuilding thing is all about it's just about being better and better and like I said earlier like it's taught me discipline and things like that but it's also given me that kind of drive to like now with like this, this business and things like that to push to be better and better and I I think had I not done bodybuilding, I would never have had that same sort of drive. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I think another good point would to be once you've achieved your goals, don't get rid of your coach or don't leave your coach. That's not not just like us. I mean, any coach in general, once you've achieved yeah. what you want to get out of it, and like kind of just said again, um, stick to that roadmap, have that plan B, should be planning that out for you next or having a conversation with you saying, right, what do we need to do next? What do you want to do yeah. next? What are the goals? And if you haven't I- done it before anyway, if you've not been through quite a significant fat loss phase before, then I think definitely let them guide you through the the post-diet phase. Because um, again, like some of the clients I get, like they've lost weight before. They've been where they want to be before. And it's like they've regained it. And yeah. it's most of the time, when nine times out of ten, when I talk to them, I'm like, well, what did you do after you got to like your target weight? Well, just went back to what I was doing before. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there lies the issue. It's like it's it's learning how to even maintain or you know push into the next phase appropriately is is the big thing. So until you've learned that, I'd definitely say yeah, let your let your coach. I mean, get that one. it's easy to stay lean. You don't have to get fat. You don't have to go bulky again. Once you got down to like maybe being shredded, you can literally. I wouldn't say depends what shredded is, doesn't it? Like when you say shredded, like stage ready. Um, but I mean, you can be lean year round, can't you? So you can definitely be I would, like. I would argue it's not easy, actually. I would say, like I've like I've said earlier on this, like I I struggled for years of it, like that post kind of show phase or post diet kind of phase, and I, as I say, I'm getting better and better every time to the stage that like I've dieted down this time and I've hardly regained anything, and I'm just pushing food up, which is good. I'm I'm able to take a step back, take it slow, but. I don't know, like whether it was immaturity or whether it was just lack of experience, but I was before I was like too quick to just let the reins go off and just feel like I had this control. Um, or sorry, like I, like yeah, like I got control back if that makes sense. But what I've done different this time as well, like with bodybuilding preps, I was using like the same food sources day in day out, so like the craving started to build up more and more, um, and and that might have benefits for bodybuilding preps for sure. But um, this time when I've dieted down, I've still been, I, I do like a structure. I do like eating the same things day in, day out. But I've been having one meal that's different every single day. So we have that's like a, a different approach. Like yeah, yeah. So when it came to like start time to start pushing up, I don't really feel like I've been missing out on anything. No, I don't really feel like there's anything I need to actually have. Do you have so like it's a, been easy to be patient. Do you have like a set amount of calories for that meal? Say like that, yeah. that much calories, that much protein, and then carbs and fats just vary. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. and like sometimes I will just be rough with it. Like I'll be like, ah, that's roughly within those calories. Sometimes it might be a little bit lower. Sometimes it might be a little bit higher, and seems to work out over the course of time. So, but then everything else is exactly the same. So I'm having like oats in the morning. I'm having a shake with some like Udo's oil in it, and I'm having sweet potato and chicken or white potato and chicken and rice and chicken. So it's not exact. That's never changing. You know, that's all kind of staying the same. And now as I'm pushing into the gaining phase. It's just the quantities that are, are improving. I'm not really changing anything else, just changing the quantities of what I'm doing. As as we push further, though, this is, you know, obviously as we start going into, like, higher calories, because I'm only about 3,000 now, but once I start pushing up even higher, 
then I might look at change of food sources though, because mm. you do not want to start pushing your calories up, you know, beyond four thousand with voluminous foods. <laughs> yeah, voluminous foods. Like one of my mates right now is eating two hundred and forty grams of oats. That is fucking mental. Fucking in one one hit. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, that's ridiculous. That is a lot of oats. I mean, I've done two hundred in the past. I have done that's too much. That that's there's a line. There's definitely a line. I mean, I'm on, I'm on. Yeah, two hundred grams of oats a day. What I've got like one hundred in the morning, one hundred in the evening, and then got hundred grams of cream of rice as well. So that's like fucking. Then oh, and then one hundred and fifty grams of cereal. So it's still yeah. a lot of like cereal foods, but. The the oats, I remember, like, I was working um, with my dad, like, in the building trade back then, and I was having that 200 grams in the morning, and I was probably having peanut butter in that as well, protein in that too. So it was, like, 1,000 calories plus in this meal. And I remember just feeling sick until, like, what, like, peacetime was, like, half 10. So I was, like, feeling sick until that point. And then I was forcing down, like, some, like, half a kilo of sweet potatoes and chicken at that point as well. But that's, that didn't feel as bad, to be fair. But it was the oats, man. They were just, they just killed me. Absolutely killed me, but um, I don't think I could do it again unless I was like to blend them and like maybe cook them into pancakes or something. Yeah, that is madness. That <laughs> oats, like obviously, as you cook them, you know, they enlarge, don't they? And then they're full of fiber, which is going to keep you feeling full for long. But like when it gets to the stage of gaining and you're feeling sick every day, that's probably not doing you a lot of good. Your digestion's probably going to be struggling to actually digest that quantity of oats as well. The other ways in that meal of increasing the calories, like throwing loads of like almond butter or dark chocolate or something like that in there. Yeah, definitely. But at the time, I was just like, ah, fuck it, I'll throw the oats up to 200, see what happens. <laughs> that is dense. That is dense. My appetite's not as good as it used to be, though. Back then, like I could easily handle that. But um, nowadays, I think I would really struggle. So uh, if you get on steroids, it definitely helps. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Can't remember a time before them, can you? Yeah. Anyway, that's for a different podcast. But, uh... <laughs> People like the steroid shit, to be fair. They do. They do. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, do, we'll do one about that anyway. That's the next one. Yeah. It gives me a chance to sit and be quiet. Yeah. We can just, or we'll ask get, questions. We'll get Nick on for that as well, because that'd be good. Uh, Nick will just tell you everything you want to know. And then he'll bad mouth all the people. He's been bad for people today, hasn't he? Oh yeah, oh yeah, everyone on his story, yeah. He's, <laughs> he just gives what, it what does he have up story, but uh, he's brilliant. Um it was about that fucking um two bros, Mr. JT guy, and they put a picture of him on saying like with a Jimmy Savile theme tune on it, and it's like fuck's sake. So what's the whole story there? Like I've seen I've heard him on about it, but I've not I have not got much, and I don't think it's a good idea about talking about it in this podcast. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to talk about something that I don't really know too much about. Oh well, that's that's it, especially when it's recorded. Exactly. So I don't really know idea, so I can't give me comment on it. But yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyway, next <laughs> podcast will be about steroids, <laughs> and we will both be 10x sponsored athletes by then. Yeah. Uh, potentially. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we said nothing. We kept our mouth shut. <laughs> there's um. Is, there's kind of like I don't. I don't know if it's corruption. I don't know if that's a word. But there's kind of a lot of like bodybuilding federations and that that do kind of take the pest to some degree and there's like i suppose there is corruption amongst them isn't there yeah these are yeah. yeah yeah especially what happened with like the arnold and everything this year yeah yeah like he he never turned up or something did he yeah that was a bit of a mess were it and yeah something to do with prize money as well i heard as well like i'm sure he had to pay the prizes out of his own pocket or something yeah that, that mr jt did apparently so he had to pay the prizes out of his own pocket 
Right, okay, yeah, yeah. I I just heard bits and pieces about it. Again, it's not probably a great thing to talk about when we don't actually know much about it, but yeah, it was um it, it sounded like a bit of a disaster, didn't it? You were gonna do that show as well. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't. Not not the not the men's pro right now. Men's no, no, pro. no, it's still but yeah, no apparently no, I'm glad I didn't still because the they had it on the main stage last year where the pro stage was and uh yeah. the amateurs were competing on that in the day. But apparently they had like a little shitty stage in the back of it. Um, so there I was some, on that one, and I was like, "Oh, fuck that!" So I'm pretty glad I didn't do it. There are some really, really shit venues for bodybuilding, like oh, yeah. some of these like hotel ones that are just like up on the stage that are just absolutely terrible. Um, what about the one I've, last year that was in a field? What one was that? It was down south. It was like Bournemouth or something, and it was like standing in the back of a truck in a field, uh, posing. So obviously. Wow. The, the lighting there was literally no lighting it was just natural daylight fucking some hell. of the lighting like even some of the like IFBB like men's open pro shows some of the lighting is fucking terrible oh yeah it's, it's bad terrible. isn't it like um, it's one thing like about the BNBF that I really rate is like their stage setup is like oh, awesome it's pretty, yeah it's pretty cool isn't it PCA is yeah. pretty good as well actually yeah yeah yeah, yeah. BNBF and PCA they've, they've nailed it with how they run the shows but um, when you see like someone that has like put in a lot of work, like prepped themselves for twenty week, and you know how tough that is, and then you get up there on the stage and the light and shit, and it, it just like you out, it right? washes you out. You're like, yeah, thanks for this. I've dieted for twenty weeks for ten minutes on a poorly lit stage. Thanks for that. <laughs> Glad I've done that. There. There's another good federation, uh, NFM. They're really good at lighting. They run really good shows now. Yeah, yeah. I've I've never never been to one of them or seen it. Like um I just like one of my mates competed uh, the other week against uh, that guy that you, you know actually. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. But um I just seen his like mobile pictures. I've never seen actual like stage pics, but yeah, and uh, it's hard to tell what the lighting's like from mobile pictures, obviously. But yeah, it's it's always good to see when it's like presented well, to be fair. So right. Are we gonna wrap this up? Because I think yeah, we're we better wrap this up and like, we get going. Yeah, man. Right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Cheers.